Please note, this episode contains some strong language. Hi, I'm Lisa Kennedy and you're listening to The Bra and the Brave. This podcast celebrates the creative and the courageous. I am fascinated by those who are talented, forward-thinking and inquisitive. Sharing their stories, wisdom and everything in between, The Bra and the Brave is about people and their passions. So on to today's episode. It says it's recording, yep. So I'm guessing that's us off. Right. We're, we're, we're away. We're away. <laughs> totally. In our extreme podcasting scenario that we were just describing before we, we hit record there, I'm sweating because I'm in the Bra Brave cave, which is hotter than the sun. <laughs> and you are freezing. You've got hats and gloves and jackets on. I've got I've got three I've got three hats on at the moment. So it's um I I'm just wearing all my jackets that I've got, so that's it. <laughs> I feel really bad that I've put you in this scenario, but I mean it is the snowiest day known to man. So if we had been doing this in real life, I doubt we would have actually have been able to make this happen. But the joy of the internet. The joy of the internet, exactly. So that's um aye. So yeah, I'm really chuffed to be speaking to Ross Geddes, Creative Director of Finiston Clothing. And we've had a wee warm-up chat and it's all lovely. Hopefully you are feeling warmer. <laughs> yeah, no, I think, as I said, I'm in the place, so I'm in a jacket shop, so it's all right. We're good, we're good. So you are in a jacket shop, more than yeah. just, I mean, a wonderful brand like that I totally connected with like months ago. Someone suggested that I, I check you out. I think it was... Curse these eyes. Yeah, Andrew Jackson from Curse These Eyes. He's he's my um photographer. He does a lot of ph- photography for me. And I think I think one of the reasons for that was he was just kind of just like, you know, I, and this is where it's just like when you're when I spoke to you this before, when you're a brand, it's quite hard to get your own personality across because you have to, you know, the way that my brand speaks and the way that I speak is two completely different things, really. Do you know what I mean? So and it, and it is, you kind of need to try and <clears throat> more stuff like this where it's kind of just talking about yourself the brand and um it's scary but it's uh, <laughs> it's uh, hopefully one day this will just be a natural thing and it's um it's easy but uh i'm not saying it's hard like you said before we started recording you're like i'll just trust you and know that i've always got butterflies before i start recording i want it you know somebody's been kind enough to come on to the podcast and trust me enough to have this conversation and put it out into the world so like i am massively appreciative that you're here like it's it's lovely to welcome you to the clan as it were no no honestly as i said i've i've been kind of listening to quite a few of your podcasts for quite a long time and know a few people that have kind of been on it as well so i just think it was probably just the right time to kind of take take that step really and uh, just talk a bit more because you know i think at this time as a brand you know it's it's you're sitting there and it's just like it's it's quite easy just to try and go in the cell all the time but i think it's quite important to really just take a step back and and do things like this and um just try and relax into the situation that you're in really because it's a very weird one i know who knew that i was going to be in a cupboard for a year (laughs) (laughs) but um, but you know like we were saying earlier mm -hmm. on like it is nice to be able to connect with people and maybe come out your comfort zone in this time because we've got a bit of time to reflect i guess a bit of a not an entire pause for everybody but a bit of a pause to go right what's the next direction like things are are changing things are different but that doesn't all have to be 
negative, like some of it no, can be positive. No, I, I think I think like if anything, this situation, the whole scenario with COVID is it's brought that out in people where I think people have either used it as an excuse to either go into their shell and be really negative, or it's a case of, you know, do you know what? Like if you can sit and hustle and make things work and be okay during times like this, do you know what I mean? You can literally do it anytime really. So it's just a case of just um just try and take positives from it because you can't change it really this is it of course you know? well, that's and, uh, it. if you have if you're safe and your family's safe and in terms of your health and you know if all the boxes are ticked then it's like they well what what have i got gratitude for like what can i focus in on and like you say in a more positive ah, sense yeah yeah completely and as i say as a brand it's kind of forced us to do things and different things that we wouldn't have had to have done at such a time and it's kind of just like you almost look back at it and you're like you know, I've actually done all right. <laughs> I mean, it's like did. I, we did lose our shit. <laughs> <laughs> totally. So, <laughs> um, I like the, the thing about podcasting. I think a lot of the guests have said that on reflection is that it is a chance to sit down and almost like pull the curtain back a wee bit for people to understand a brand and where you're coming from and the origins of it. Because quite often you're just seeing the polished, finished aesthetic, which added on uh, Instagram was very, very impressed and was like, "Oh, what's that?" And you, you, you've nailed it in terms of like what your brand is and like the connection to Glasgow and shipbuilding and industrial workforces, which we'll totally yeah. get into, yeah. which I loved when I saw it, you know, because I was obviously liking all the pictures and you were like, hello, why? <laughs> hello, you're liking all the pictures, Lisa. <laughs> but it's nice to sit down and have this conversation because I'm genuinely interested. Like I want to know about finishing and clothing. I want to know about you. And I think it was, I think you by you doing that, you know, you kind of forced me out my cave where it's kind of just like, right, okay, time to reach out and talk to people and do this. So, um, but yeah, no, and I thank you for that. So, no, thank you. It was lovely to be here and, and do this. So, I guess my first question is do you have an elevator pitch or want of a better phrase for Fitness and Clothing before we get really into it? How would you sum up the brand? Uh, I'd say Fitness and Clothing in a few sentences, it's an industrial inspired brand which has its roots in workwear. And uh, I would say what the, the, the kind of spin that we're trying to put within it is like a modern heritage. You know, it's it's having that kind of nod to the past, but then trying to, trying to make it, you know, a bit more contemporary and, you know, accessible to all ages as well. We do a, a selection of jackets um, and we do some cotton some t-shirts um and also some like kind of locally made accessories as well so it's trying to obviously build these pieces and how we can kind of communicate through the jackets and through the scarves and how we make that relevant to that industrial history in glasgow because you know this is where it was just like you know it's such once you really start delving into it you realize how like incredible it actually was and I think you know my worries were as a brand was like actually building a brand that can actually represent that in the right way because it's such an emotional subject for people in Glasgow um, and you really need to a be able to make people connect with it but also you know if I was sitting there and it was just like you know I was getting some jackets made in China and they were costing 80 pounds I don't think that represents that Era. And I think from the point of view of me going out there and sourcing materials, it's trying to pick the best materials that I can, you know, to put into the jacket. That kind of, you know, the, the way that the kind of ships and stuff like that, the, the mentality that it was the best in the world then. So it's trying to really, really, you know, put that through your brand as well. So 
And um, yeah, just try and represent it in the best way possible, and also the most tasteful way possible as well. You've nailed that oh, for sure. Thank you, thank you very much. Cheers. <laughs> and it, but I think it's really important, like any creative, like you know, I obviously introduced you as creative director. There is that responsibility of what you're putting out into the world, and I guess it's like, well, you want to put your best foot forward. You're not wanting to just put anything out, and it doesn't matter what you're making. It could be a dance, it could be a song, it could be anything, theatre, jackets whatever it is mm-hmm. a fashion brand it, it is about putting the best out there and that that's like curating that's like your yeah. best work that's you know behind the scenes i can't imagine what goes into the brand to essentially do what you've just described there's a mm-hmm. lot of work there yeah i'm quite fortunate in a way that um i've got a a family friend uh, who is actually a Clyde side historian and author he's like the main guy that basically does all the books and basically I was kind of when I knew that this was the direction that I really wanted to push the brand which was the because the thing is it's just like as a Scottish brand I was just like you know I love tartan I love all that kind of stuff but it's just like that's not necessarily Glasgow do you know and, I, and I, I, it's really trying to figure out what way was you know the brand and how how you can represent that a Glasgow in a way and and, and the heritage of Glasgow is industrial and um speaking i gave ian my dad was just like oh, i should speak to ian and you know he'll he'll point you in the right direction and i was just i phoned ian up and i was like ian who's the right, the right person to talk to here and he was just like me son <laughs> um, and <laughs> i was <laughs> next thing you know like a week later i'm going up to this this like old guy's house in clark's and going into his attic and it's just like he just went into this attic and i was literally just like oh my god it's just this like museum it's just be, I basically went up there, you know, maybe like a few times a week for like a month because he's just mm-hmm. loves the fact that there is a, a guy my age that's really interested in this. And what's been great is having him there is kind of to make sure that everything that we are talking about as a brand is relevant and correct. Because he was just like, I love what you're doing, but I just it's just so important to him that we're talking about the history in the right way. And I'm really fortunate to have um, the other guy who works with me in the brand, Luke who has his his family has like deep roots in the kind of shipbuilding industry as well so it's just a natural interest for him as well and he's the guy that does all the social media i don't i can't take credit for that he's like he's like the historian that i've almost got like i've almost made that this little historian look who's just like obsessed with it now it's just like this kind of big content machine where now we've just constantly got people sending us in pictures that they have. Oh, so it, and we're kind of just built this kind of big community of just like people just sending us in lots and lots of content and pictures of their families and stuff like that as well. So it's um it's been great. So it has and um yeah, as I said, it's just like trying to really work out the right way to kind of represent that. But having Ian on board was just a massive help. So of course, like, it sounds like yeah, to me that it's not a gimmick. You know, it's like obviously a nice thing to have these images. They obviously, you know, like that nostalgic thing that you know people are interested that they yeah. are invested, you know, in local history. But for you, it's important that it's not you're not just putting out these images and just putting like some random quote at the bottom. Like when you read it, you're you're learning about the photograph or you're learning about the industry, and that's what drew me in. And you know, I've read some of your blog posts as well. Again, it's that insight into the work that's gone into it. Yeah, as I said, I'm really really lucky to have such a, a great community in Glasgow that just constantly just just share. Taking you back a wee bit and more focusing on Ross for a minute. Yes. No, you're not. Uh-huh. I know that's not your. I know that's not your <laughs> comfort zone. 
what what is what is your background like what led you to create Finiston clothing oh right okay i'll need to take you back to like when i was pretty much born when i was born my mum and dad were um they would travel around scotland showing clothing in tents so that's what they did. So they were basically just going around. They didn't have a shop or anything like that. So we had a, a, a caravan with a marquee and basically just travelled around Scotland doing little trade shows and trade fairs and stuff like that. So first year of my life, I slept in the caravan drawer with my mum and dad. So going around, doing all this kind of stuff with them. And then my mum and dad are really hardworking people. They eventually got to that point where they had a small shop in Calendar. And so they had, and they, and they, they start up a business called CCW Clothing. They eventually built up this business, and now they've got three stores in Scotland. So one in Calendar, one in St Andrews, and one in Byers Road in Glasgow. Um, and I kind of just grew up with them. Um, and it, you know, ever ever since I was pretty much old enough, you know, my mum and dad worked constantly. So summer holidays for me was just spent in a shop. So I just sit there, it's just like my mum taking me to the shop every day and I speak to the manager, right, here's Ross, he's working for you today. And she's just like, oh shit, what can I get him to do? <laughs> so I pretty much, pretty much like washed windows every day and like, you know, getting sent to, into a dark cupboard to sort out size cubes into the right boxes and stuff like that. So I've been in this kind of just this shop environment and clothing for a long time. And then I, I eventually kind of, Left. I, well, I, I went away traveling for about seven years. Lived in France. Oh my word! Vancouver. I lived in Australia for a couple of years. Thailand for a bit as well. So I uh, yeah, just left school and I was literally I was working in Little Chef and just kind of because uh, I was I, I've always when I when I as soon as I was like young enough, old enough to get my own job, I always said I didn't want to work with my mum and dad. <laughs> Taught you everything they know, Ross. Ah yeah yeah ah yeah. To call my trade secrets to Little Chef. Um, <laughs> So, yeah, I, but I was kind of, because kind of, all my friends worked there and it was kind of just like, it was just not far from where I went to school. Yeah, so. I worked at McDonald's, so. Ah, it's a laugh. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> I wouldn't have been able to be a bam in my mum and dad's shop. Do you know what I mean? So no, it's kind of, no. not even going to get away with that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, yeah, so I kind of just worked there for a while. And then, as I said, um, eventually went to be travelling. And then what when I came home, it was kind of, I was maybe about 27, 28, kind of dotted around a few kind of different kind of jobs. And eventually my mum and dad were, went, right, what are you doing with your life? Do you know, we'd like to have you in the business, Do you know, coming. And at first I was like, nah, no doing it. I took a few conversations. I've all, I don't know why. I've always just been quite stubborn from that point of view. And I think what they said, it was just like, you know, don't see our business as like this ball and chain that's attached to you for the rest of your life. Do you know what I mean? Come on board and help us either grow the business or do whatever, really. So I kind of went into CCW, my mum and dad's business, probably about six years ago. And um, my sister and I then opened up the Buyers Road store in Glasgow. So working working in kind of clothing and fashion and I, after being in the business properly, I really did start to develop a huge passion for kind of clothing, really. I was the menswear buyer for CCW, so basically I bought on bought on all the kind of men's clothing. And do you know what? I actually like doing the women's buy-in as well, just as much. It's it's kind of like you know seeing clothing, and it's almost just like you know taking that gamble on things. You know, sitting seeing something that says, "I think that's you've got your things that you know your work," and then it's just like you know having that wee bit of flamboyancy and going, "We're taking that." Do you know what I mean? My mum, my mum's sitting there going, "That'll never sell." Do you know what I mean? And then, and then, and then. <laughs> 
And then it does. It's a great feeling. So she's usually right, though. That's the problem. You forget it. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I, I, I think it was, you know, maybe, you know, a couple of years into CCW in Glasgow and the, the, the CCW does fine, but we're in this kind of ever evolving um, retail landscape that's changing. Um, the, the issue with CCW is that we just sell everybody else's brands. The problem with that is, that, you know, the way that the internet's kind of, of affecting the high street is that any jacket that you can look in CCW, you could walk in there and, and, and see it and then walk out the shop and probably get it for cheaper somewhere online, somewhere in the world. Um, you kind of get that feeling that you're kind of in a bit of a very slow sinking ship. And that, that's what I say is that we're not, we're not doing bad as a business, but it's kind of just like, you know, where 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 will retail be in the next 20 years and i think you know bricks and mortar stores are not dead but i think you really have to have a real reason for people to really want to come and travel to you and that's is where it was just like you know my mum and dad were like okay we need to have our own brand you know and that's where kind of you know i basically went right okay i'll do it so <laughs> um and yeah, so that's where I kind of set off on that kind of journey of trying mm. to set up Finist and Clothing. And it was, um, it's been a bit of a crazy journey. So it has. So going from being just a retailer that had an interest in fashion to setting up an actual clothing brand. And the thing is, it's just like, you know, because I'd been away traveling for like seven or eight years and came home and even setting up the shop in Glasgow, I was never really accountable for anything. Do you know what I mean? And then as soon as this comes around, it's like Peter Pan has got to go up. I don't think I'd actually prepared myself for how stressful it would be because I'd never really been under stress, really. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. There's been this, you know, evolution with the brand where, you know, we've been thinking to begin with as retailers. And then I've kind of had this evolution of being, you know, a retailer into a director of a clothing brand and your thought process has to change. And we launched the brand in 2018, winter Mm -hmm. of 2018. I I look back on it and I was just like, um, it was quite a stressful time. But, you know, uh, we got all our jackets um, made in the UK. And we used all our materials, which we've used for all the jackets, were from Dundee, which were from Harley Stevenson. So um, I'd probably say one of the best successes of the first season was doing a a collaboration with James Klinger. Another Broad Brave clan member? Uh Uh-huh, yeah. So um, luckily one of the creative agencies that was kind of helping me with kind of develop the brand um, knew, knew him quite well. So... Um, I got got in touch with James and James and I kind of worked together to bring out kind of some limited edition bespoke linings. Um, a nice one. He's such a, a lovely guy to deal with. He really is. He's just the nicest and so I talented. Had, obviously, like insanely yeah, talented. I cannot believe like the stencils that he does. It's just like ah, uh-huh, it's like the work ethic, the graft that goes into his work is just insane. Like seeing like the finished product, you don't realize just what really has going into it then you see some of his like studio footage and i'm like look at that it's so intricate yeah uh-huh unbelievable and i don't know and this is where it was just like you know for, I, I i i have never really well worked i was in a situation where it was just i've never set up a clothing brand before i've never really dealt with an artist before so there was that whole kind of you know working out how this works for both of us and that kind of thing as well and um uh, I couldn't believe like how just lovely a person he was. If you know what I mean, just from that point of view, yeah. just no 
no necessarily not I think so. some people in that position can maybe have a bit of an ego there's no ego there do you know and um, just the two of us just pretty much collaborated together just to bring up kind of some kind of lining and stuff like that as well so um that was great and all, all my kind of knitwear that we did in our first season was made in scotland and um yeah it was uh, it was an interesting first season because the, my, the issue that i had was that my manufacturers basically delivered everything late so normally if you're doing a clothing brand like that you'd want all your stuff in probably end of July, start of August, really, because, you know, you're trying to build that kind of campaign. And the thing is, as well, is when you're doing expensive jackets, people just, you know, don't, they're they're expensive for a reason, obviously, but, like, people don't just go, oh, there's that jacket, I'll I'll buy that now. Uh It's not an impulse buy. It's not an impulse buy. So, unfortunately, my manufacturers did let me down slightly, and they never really delivered my jackets until the end of October, you know, and then all of a sudden you're kind of trying to launch a luxury clothing brand in in November, um, where the problem with, you know, kind of retail and the way that people buy in November is it's so sales-focused because of Black Friday. So you're trying to basically, you know, bring out this this like luxury brand during you know while people are just maybe looking for some quick sales before christmas so yeah it was it was so hard because you know i'd spent so much not, not quite a bit of time on kind of you know try to generate a big facebook campaign around it and i think you know like my perceptions of how i thought things would go to how they went were very different i i i was deluded i would say in some ways because I think you see like a, a video that James and I did, and I was like, oh, that's had like over, you know, nearly a quarter of a million views. No, got 125,000 views or something mm-hmm. like that, right? Mm-hmm. And um, I was just like, you know, if, 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 like 0.02% of those people buy one of my jackets, it's going to, I mean, I remember launching the brand and I was thinking, I thought I was going to, I thought I was going to break the internet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But that, that's all right to think that it's like lessons learned. Do you know what I mean, like you have to be passionate, you have to be excited. You almost have to like big yourself up because you're like, well, I've got to believe in this. Yeah. If if, if I'm expecting other people to, uh-huh. yeah. But you know, the joy is of that world and the internet and all that kind of stuff. It's like going into the unknown, like you see. Yeah, and that's, that's and that's. I was I was standing at the printer with my goalie gloves ready to catch all the orders <laughs> come out, like so. I, <laughs> Like, come on, people! Yeah, yeah, where are you? <laughs> um, so, but yeah, I think that was kind of a big lesson that was good for me learning. My first season is that you know, even though you're so wrapped up and consumed in such a project, that um, not everybody else is. As somebody who's the biggest procrastinator about anything that I buy, mm-hmm. I'm no your pal because I'm, <laughs> I'm like, I think I need to think about it just a wee bit more. Like I'm that, I'm that guy. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm actually quite like that as well. From the point of view, I've seen, I've probably, I've probably seen something, and this is where I think there's like the kind of buying process that I think it usually takes maybe twelve times for people to see something before they actually buy something. There's stuff that I've seen which I know I'm going to buy, but I'm not buying it now. And and I think that's where you know my first season because I launched so late, I was so wrapped up in right. Okay, let's get some Facebook ads out there. And if anything, I would say a mistake that I made was instead of talking about more about all the amazing stuff that was involved in the brand, you know, all the locally made kind of accessories, knitwear, um, you know, we, we you know talking more about that kind of stuff i think because everything had came in so late you're just in that inclination just to go right okay let's let's just get some we need to sell some stuff do you know where i think 
and whereas if I'd had more time, you'd have sat there and went, okay, let's just let's just calm things down. It was just a, a massive learning curve about, and the thing was, it was just like, I look back now after two years on from that and I go, you actually did a really good job. <laughs> you know, at the time, I'm thinking, what have I done? What have I done here? Where it's just like, it's just normal. I didn't have really anybody there to sit there and go, you know what, you've done a good job. This is right. This is the way how things go. You're just sitting there with your my mum, my dad, my sister, my mum and dad are sitting there going, why aren't we selling, you know, 20, 30 jackets a week? And you're just literally just like, nobody knew, you know? Uh-huh. So, and I think one of the things as well with the first season is that, you know, because the first season does not look anything like it does now. The, the thinking of a re, like a retailer where I think the brand, like the quality of the brand was fantastic. We had great pieces and stuff like that. But what we probably, the mistakes that we made was, you know, the brand probably didn't have enough identity. Because this is where it's kind of quite confusing because if people saw the brand the way it was two years ago, it looks totally different. And that's where it was kind of, you know, I tried to do gents clothing, ladies clothing straight away as well, where any clothing brand out there in the market, right, either does one better than the other. And I think that's where I just try a bit off a bit more than I could chew as well from the point of trying to do, from a marketing point of view, trying to market a brand that ladies gents and yeah. um, so that's where it was kind of after the first season i was kind of like okay let's take a step back i've kind of built this ship and it's just literally just right which direction do i take it now do you know where and that's where i think you know making that decision to you know okay i, I want to give the brand a bit more identity mm. and you know really try and push it more towards that kind of industrial aspect of glasgow which i think lends itself slightly more to men's for that time being so and also what did actually happen was, and I'm quite happy to admit that, is I actually got some help. Great. Good. You asked for help. That's that's important. Yeah, it is. It is because I think I'm quite a creative person, but I'm not structured at all. And this is where it was just like I, I took on, basically it was kind of like almost a bit like a brand consultant where she was just like, okay, you're, you've, you've got great ideas, but you're not thinking and you're not operating like a brand. Do you know, and so, and luckily it was kind of, you know, she'd had some great experience of working with some larger brands before. So what she did do is she made me kind of believe in what my abilities were. But then at the same time, it was kind of just like, right, okay, right, you need to be doing this, this, that, and that. This is because it was just like, okay, where's your line sheets or where's your bill of materials and stuff like that? And you're like, what? What's that? that? How much is that? Do you know what I mean? (laughs) And that just shows you, like, you still grown up in that industry for, you know, your whole life, but there's still things to learn. Well, that's what I was trying to say, is that being a retailer and selling jackets is totally different. It's a completely different thing. You know, you can help me with a great insight into kind of details and jackets and things that have worked for, you know, CCW and, you know, the, the jackets that I know have worked year in and year out, you know, where I can sit there and go, okay, that's something that I can kind of take and use from that. But as I said, it's that evolution of thinking from a retailer into a brand owner is totally different. So we kind of built up this kind of, you know, a new brand strategy, which was, you know, focused on the kind of shipbuilding element of Glasgow and give the brand that kind of a bit more of an identity, which has been brilliant. Must have felt like a bit of a light bulb moment when your dad had suggested Ian. And then, you know, you had that conversation with him and he obviously is excited that you were interested and that you were going to make this connection. It must have felt like a, a bit of a pivotal moment. You were like, well, oh, this is actually 
what I've been looking for, what I've been needing. When he was sitting there and he was showing me all the pictures, and not just all the pictures, like all the old shipping logos and stuff like that, and you know, all the old chips with the dazzle camouflage on it and stuff like that as well. I, I went home that night and my girlfriend's just sitting there, it's like 12 o'clock at night, she says, I can hear your brain. She says, I can hear it. Yeah, uh-huh. I just felt, I was just like, this this massive kind of untapped kind of thing that hasn't really been explored yet by a brand. And it was, yeah, very, very, um, it was very fortunate to have kind of Ian on board with that as well. So, and he's been, he's kind of like my brand ambassador in a way. Mm-hmm. So, Do you feel like it has really actually inspired the brand itself in terms of like decisions that go into it creatively not just oh. like the aesthetic but like the actual <clears throat> items of clothing like when you're designing something yeah yeah when we're designing it got it gone into the design i was I'm quite fortunate that um the designer that i kind of used for this collections work was very interested in all that as well when cool. i when i when he turned up to meet me i was just like you look like you've just walked off the shipyards no, <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Cool. But, but what was amazing is that he had this amazing kind of, you know, interest in heritage, but then at the exact same time he'd worked from some really modern and innovative brands as well. So it was just like, right, okay, you're you're perfect for this this capsule of collection. So a lot of the kind of details that we have on the jackets and stuff like that have been, you know, the thing is it's just like if you were to sit there and look at my website and go look at the Riveters jacket and try and find a picture of a guy wearing that jacket, you're not gonna find it, right? Yes. <laughs> but, they're, it's they're, inspired, they're, not like inspired. a copy. Yeah, aha. Uh-huh. People try and haul you over the coals for that, and you're like, God, you must be bored. Oh, really? Oh, yeah, aye. We get a wee bit of jet. This comes up more often than I would like to hear. That what? People on the internet feel the need to comment on people's creations. You're like, if you don't like it, you don't need to be here. I could do a TED talk in this, honestly. It's unbelievable. <laughs> If anybody's slating this podcast, I don't know about it and I don't want to know about it. Ah, yeah. I mean, oh, God. The thing is, like, see, and I, I, don't, I, put up a, I put up a video the other day on my Instagram and talking about how, you know, when before I'd launched Finiston, I'd kind of, I'd had a, a quite a tough time of it, really. And this is where it's just like, that's what I was, I'd mentioned. And it was just like, you know, people always ask me, why did you call it Finiston Clothing? And it was just like, you know, as I said, like I'm, I'm originally from Glasgow. I just think it's a nice name, you know. And also, you know, it is a nice name. And, and that's where it was just like, you know, you drive over that bridge and that crane sits there like a monument. Do you know what I mean? In Glasgow, and it's just like it just felt right. But what I didn't understand is that some people don't like the area. <laughs> um, and, and and this is where it's just like, you know, and this is why, you know, it's good to come on and do things like this, is because some people see a brand and like they, I don't think they see a human behind it. Where I think people just see it as like a statue that you can just throw things at. <laughs> it's a jacket. You're like, hello, I'm Ross. I'm up at night like sleepless nights spinning a million plates blood sweat and tears into something that i'm passionate about something i love that i care about that i've created from the ground up and it's not been easy he's a break aye the thing is as well it's just i always knew stuff that this would happen and the thing is like see people from scotland where i I came back here just because i love scotland so much and i love the people right but we're a natural naturally quite a cynical bunch and we're very funny as well right we are so you're always going to get some shit that's the thing and i think with clothing as well it's such a subjective thing and that's where it's you know some people and and, and unfortunately if some people are really going to like you it means that some people are not going to like you i would rather be that way then sit there and everybody just thought you were all right do you know what i mean because yeah yeah 100 percent. 
Um, and I think, and this is where it's just like, that's why, you know, uh, the whole kind of shipbuilding element of things as well was so important for me to get it right because it is an emotional subject for people in Glasgow. Not everybody looks upon the shipbuilding industry with fond memories. It's not, some people it's not. So that's why it's really important for us to, you know, really represent it in the right way. We've just say, um, basically doing a thing for a year with Action and Asbestos, which is the industrial um, main, Scotland's main industrial charity um, and basically what we're doing is that basically 5% of all of our t-shirt and sweatshirt sales are all going to back to action and asbestos that's something that we've been trying to get going since we launched but we've just not been able to do it and that's where I, I like it's just there's been a few kind of people murmuring do you know what I mean that basically so you're basically profiting from working class histories and stuff like that and it's just like if it's done in the right way do you know it, it's fine um, but now that that's kind of confirmed, that means you know when, when we launch when we launch our next two t-shirts, um, basically we can announce that as well. So hmm. um, as as a massive kind of important point for us. Yeah, well done. That's awesome. Yeah, I f- I feel like speaking to you that you are obviously incredibly passionate about the brand and you've worked incredibly hard to make it happen. But your intentions are good and that you want to yeah. do a good job and you're not out there. It's not just about the kind of sell 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 you're invested the thing is it's just like you can pretend to do that but it always it'll always come out in the wash eventually do you know what i mean mm. if you really don't mean it um and you don't mean what you're doing and scottish people are the first people that'll call you out for it which <laughs> is good do you know what i mean so yeah you'll take, get a we swift take, kick up the back exactly we don't take any shit so it's um no we'll we'll, we'll if you if you seem like you're talking rubbish, you'll get you'll get called out for mm. that. But equally, you know, you're you're going to make mistakes if we want to succeed, and it's just all these lessons learned. And like it sounds like to me, you've already learned loads of lessons that you didn't expect to learn. But it's a you know, it's a positive thing. You can move oh, forward I, from that. Yeah, 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 absolutely. You know, you you can always take positives from all stuff like that. Any hardship mm. you've been through with a brand and things you've had to learn the hard way, but um, it's yeah. good. Did you work with Law Design Studio as well? We did. Some of the jackets that we did for this winter, I've kind of always kind of known that they had a bit of a kind of, um, they, appe- they appeal to ladies, and particularly the green jacket that we do in the Canadian. And um, we, we, I wanted to do like a, a ladies shoot, which was pretty interesting. You know, your first kind of winter season, we're like, do you know what, like, let's 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 do this really so and yeah. um, i've kind of known jillian for a bit and so spoke to her and was just like do you mind if i borrow some of your dungarees and um another kind of um haley mcsporin which is another kind of ladies wear brand but you know the idea was that it was just you know showing the diversity of the brand but then also try to showcase some of the other kind of ladies wear brands in glasgow as well jillian's obviously doing the right thing where she's she's making all the stuff herself which is great do you know, I wish I wish I could do that. Yeah, <laughs> Jill, Jill's been on the podcast as well. Yeah. That's why I'd mentioned it. Cause she came on in 2019, actually. And yeah, I was just blown away with obviously the fact that you know, like you're saying, she makes everything from absolute scratch, and every inch of the material is like repurposed, and like so much work goes into her brand alone. Like, it just was really, imp- and she educated me a lot on you know ethical fashion and sustainability, and that you know that's like a minefield that whole world kind of thing so it was like a really interesting conversation that we had as it it's 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 where it's you know and this is where it's just like it's quite easy for a small brand like myself to say i'm sustainable and stuff like that but then it's just like how do you actually implement that as you grow as a scottish brand i see it as a responsibility for myself to try and invest in scottish manufacturing right but at what level can you really do that 
Um, and this is where it's just like the two main complaints that I get about the brand at the moment, right? And this is and and this is just people just having a moan, right? Is that it's too ex- it's too expensive, and why is it not all made in Scotland? You see, and it's often the same people. Um, <laughs> you know, when, <laughs> um, there it's it's I want to get my jackets all made in Scotland. You know, I'd love to do that. But in order for me to have a business of making jackets in Scotland, I probably really need to be in a position where I'm making them myself. I need to have my own factory. We're, we're, we're in talks with a couple of people to maybe do some select jackets for this winter made in Scotland. All my all my knitwear that I'll do is all going to be made in Scotland. All my beanies are all made in Scotland. All my scarves are all made in Scotland. You know, it's um, that we have that infrastructure here, which is amazing. And this is where it's just like my T-shirts, my sweatshirts are all made from organic cotton. I won't cut corners when it comes to trying to, like, I'll try and put the best materials that I can into everything. Yes. So yes. I will. But, like, getting T-shirts and sweatshirts made in Scotland's not an easy. Mm. And this is where it's, I've seen some things on social media or someone say, you know, oh, I bought a couple of their beanies, but then I saw that their T-shirts are made in Portugal and, you know, no, nah, nah. And you're like, where the hell are the rest of your T-shirts made? <laughs> you know, it's uh-huh. like. And it's just, again, it's like pulling back that curtain. It's important, I think, for people to get an insight before they make a judgment call on whether Mm -hmm. they want to invest in your brand or whatever. Like, us doing this, it's like, well, here, I'm going to pull the curtain back. You'll see what's going on behind the scenes. You'll see what I'm up against. You'll see the decisions that I'm having to make. It's all with good intentions. You know, there's hurdles there. The thing is, is, well, I don't, I actually don't blame the consumers. I just think people just aren't educated enough. It's not their fault. And that's where it's just like, see if people actually message me directly in the brand and asking about why things cost that much, I will go into extreme detail and tell everybody everything about mm. why things cost that much. Because if I just sit there and go, oh, these people don't understand, I'm part of the problem. Um, where I feel like I, I want to try and educate it. But the thing is, like, if people, publicly call you out and there's always going to be people that are just going to chime in that don't understand and stuff like that where it's almost like you just need to actually sit back and almost just say nothing um where it is difficult but i do think and this is where it's just like you know i think as as a as a world i think we do just we're all hypocrites in some way when it comes to buying stuff. That's the thing is, and that's why I've decided is like either a hypocrite or an arsehole, <laughs> one or the other. You choose. You know, I'm not sitting here on some boxer sorts that are made from nettles. Do you know what I mean? It's just like, but what I do think is, is just like you know how we make a difference is if everybody tries to do a bit. Do you know when it comes to buying, buying conscious? It's the same with you know the way that we eat. You know, the amount of meat that we eat and stuff like that as well. It's just like you know if the whole world just went like okay let's just eat a less meat that would make a difference do you know what I mean the problem is it's not trying to get you know that kind of select extremists do you know it's trying to get the whole world yeah we can all do our bit you know and I think that's why like our, our beanies have had such a great success where it's kind of you know where people see it's made in Scotland it's made up the road it's 35 pounds it's that entry price point into the brand where people go yes I feel good about that so and that's where it's yeah it's trying to do things in the most ethical way possible. As I said, you know, I'd love to have my own factory in Glasgow making jackets. That would be great as well. But another thing that I'm quite interested in as well is that, um, you know, reusable fashion's becoming a bit bigger now as well, where, you know, would somebody rent one of my jackets for a season? 
you know, and actually have like that kind of aspect of because the the bag market's doing it a lot now. You know, very expensive handbags yeah, where true. people are sitting there and going, um, where and, and and I think you know with the materials that I use, where you know a lot of the Harley Stevenson materials, the wax jackets, they actually look better after they've had a few seasons of wearing. Lived in. Lived in look, and that's where people almost crawl through charity shops because to find an old barber jacket where is there that aspect of the brand where I can try and promote that kind of a bit more of a kind of a, a rental scheme or something like that? It's something yeah. I'm starting to look into. Trying to promote more circular products, really, do you know, and like try and yeah, I've said it now. Yeah, no, you've put it out in the world. Go on, you do it now. You'll be messaging me going, edit that, edit that. <laughs> but that's the thing, it's like I guess you've got so many ideas and things that you you want to do and you're learning all the time and you're going, Well, actually we can't do everything all at once. Like no, there's not no, enough hours no, in the day. No, and no, I'm, I'm no, only one yeah. person. Yeah. Aye. So it is um <laughs> and as I said, it's trying to work out how you grow responsibly mm. so it is don't get me wrong like you know I'm, i enjoy what i do i obviously want to make money but at the exact same time i do want to make a difference because as i said it's just like it's trying to do things in the best way possible really it's like your life your life's work yeah it's your I, vision that's coming to life so it's you're more in, you're more kind of invested in it emotionally as well that yeah. you feel proud of something that you've put out into the world yeah, it's I yeah, very, I'm very emotionally invested in it. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's it's almost at that point where it's just like it's, I need to like keep my phone away from me at night. As soon as I come into the house, do you know what I mean? It's just like I actually just Good need idea. to put my phone in another room because if somebody messages on Instagram or something like that, do you know what I mean? Just yeah. a customer inquiry, like that, hmm. I, can't not, I can't not get back to them. So uh, yeah, uh, I do my girlfriend's head in. You know, I know from being freelance all these years. That it is hard to switch off because you'll be it'll be ruminating all the time in your head whether you like it yeah. or not. Like you do need to take a step away because again, just your energy levels will then dip. Like you need to step away almost like to have that renewed sense of creativity. Yeah, yeah, no, hundred percent as well. And it's it's whenever you do maybe get the odd shitty message from people, it's just like you know, if you're if you're sitting there, you know, like a, a few gins down on a Saturday night and you get a message like that, it's just like oh, right, that's it. <laughs> Dangerous. I'm broke. I'm going in, like, because <laughs> I'm that kind of, I'm that kind of person where I would like, if somebody said that to me in the street, I'd retaliate, right? But <laughs> where it's just like this situation, you just can't say anything. So yeah, but, you're a human but, being. You're allowed to uh, be emotionally invested. Like, uh, would, be, would be concerned if you weren't emotionally invested in your own brand. <laughs> 99% of the messages we get are lovely, do you know what I mean? But that's where it's just like the, the shitty ones just take up real estate in your mind, which it's just, I'm getting a lot better at it, if I'm being honest, where it's like it's starting to become um, background noise. And this is where it's, the thing is, it's just like, you know, the likes of our followers on Instagram and Facebook is fine. That's fine. We don't, there's nothing that uh, these people understand and know your brand. The problem is, is when you start to do sponsored posts, and your ads then go out to the peripheries of oh, yeah. um, the world. That's when people just take one look at you and go, I hate you. <laughs> Do you <know? laughs> Don't hate me, I'm a nice person. Ah, like, yeah. I feel for you. I, I totally feel for you. But it's, a, like, it's great what you're doing. Like You've obviously built this amazing thing and you're totally going for it and you've you know like you're saying you've got so many people that love the brand and have supported the brand and obviously it's been a really difficult last year and it continues to be for anybody that's got a business so the fact that you're still afloat like you were talking about that ship that you built like it's still it's there 
the thing was, it was just like, you know, last year we were supposed to have, um, we'd originally planned to have a shop open in March. You know, it was pretty much kind of signed, sealed, delivered. My orders were already in at the factories and stuff like that as well. And it was just, um, yeah, it, it was kind of all all going according to plan. You know, this happened. And then the problem was I couldn't get anything actually a website up and running before lockdown either. So all my factories literally a week into lockdown basically went, right, we've made your jackets. Can you pay us, please? And it's literally just like, ah. So, yeah, I was trying to work out a ways that, you know, we weren't, you know, kind of some kind of a payment plan, obviously, with them, you know, not just because at the end of the day, these people need to pay people as well. So um, try and work out a way that works for everybody. And then kind of sitting on all this stock during the first lockdown, you know, and trying to get things organised. And then, you know, as soon as lockdown kind of was was dropped, you know, getting a photo shoot done. But then, you know, the plan was always to try and get a shop somewhere because, you know, selling the likes of beanies and T-shirts and sweatshirts online is okay. But trying to get people to take that jump between two and £300 for a jacket that they've not tried on before. And guys... And I think this is where I think women are a bit better at, you know, having that mentality of, ah, well, if I don't like it, I'll just return it. Guys hate that process of going to the post office and returning things. I think I think they'd rather burn it and get it to a friend <laughs> or something like that. Like, do you know what I mean? <laughs> that's, that's what guys are like, you know? <laughs> but what happens if I need to return it? Like, it's, uh, yeah, I'm the same. Um, so that's where it's just like, you know, from, from that point of view, it's just like, right, we need to get a shop. But the problem was it was trying to find the right place, not just trying to get into somewhere. Any place. Uh-huh. Any place. So and that's where we're kind of literally, I think we managed to get somewhere in October and managed to get it open for, I think it was round about just after the second lockdown. I can't believe I'm even I don't know about, even know about lockdown, but lockdown, but after lockdown number two. Um, yeah. Feels so, like just one big lockdown. Yeah, it does, doesn't it? Yeah, one big assault course. <laughs> <laughs> um, I feel like I've been doing tough mother for like the last year. <laughs> I didn't. I'm like, I, sorry, I did not sign up for this. this no, 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 no. Um, yeah. So the thing is, it's just like you know, having a website. It's just like it's very. I'm I'm very pro bricks and mortar, obviously, because of my um, experience. And I was just like, I need to get this brand in a shop. And it was really important for me as well is that I was able to get some other great brands that sit around the brand as well. That all of a sudden, when you see that they are next to the brand, it starts to make a lot more sense when it's in the right environment. Mm. Um, and then with the shop as well, is that the idea behind that was what we would do is we'd try and obviously bring in some local makers as well. So just we've got a local wallet brand, um, somebody that makes kind of denim jackets in Glasgow as well. And they're under the different kind of aspect of not just their wholesaling it to me. Basically, I just take a small commission of what they do sell. It's trying to, because obviously I understand what it's like to be setting up a brand and I'd like to try and give other brands a bit of a platform as well. You know, teaming up with Ryan Mutter as well, who's like an amazing artist. So we've got his stuff up on the walls um, which really kind of shipbuilding art as well. So um, even do things like Rapscally and Soda, which is, you know, soda that's made locally, locally made hot sauce and stuff like that as well. So just just a different, and that's why it's called the FCL Concept Store, where it's that kind of just a different wee experiment that's going on there with international brands, local brands. And that 12 days that we got open before Christmas, it made all that heartbreak worth it. Ah, oh, nice did. one. Yeah, it was just like, I could not believe 
the positivity that came from it where just so I just couldn't believe it honestly just people coming in buying my jackets for one which was great do you know people yeah. coming in and and people have been watching you online for ages that also coming in go like you know you know coming in in the morning and people waiting at the door was it was just like I couldn't believe it that's the thing like it's that interaction with your customers like you've built this thing you want to have that interaction for me it's an audience do you know what I mean when yeah, I see yeah. an audience you know enjoying something that I've made like mm-hmm. there's not no other feeling like it I think I think if anything that what COVID's done is is basically it's it's it has made this conscious shopper where I think basically people are just like, you know, when it came to people asking me what I wanted for Christmas and stuff like that, I would say, right, get me that because there's notes from somebody local and stuff like that or me going in. And I think it's, I, I do think that there's maybe, maybe people don't have as much money, but they're more, they're more conscious about where they're spending it. You know, but there is obviously people have still got money. Do you know what I mean? It's like, but... who are these folk? <laughs> who are they? <laughs> What's their secret? Oh, oh they don't no. work in the arts. That's what it is. Uh, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I do feel few guys as well. Honestly, I really do. It's um, I'm 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 actually probably one of I wouldn't say a, a fortunate industry, but like I've been able to do something. I am personally in a fortunate position. Like, yeah. I'm not going to complain about my situation. It's more just like. I'm in a huff because I don't get to go in spaces with people and make magic happen. Yeah, aye. But mm-hmm. that'll happen. We'll come back. Yeah, this will be this will be keeping that going there for you, though. Do you know that kind oh, of? Oh yeah. You know, well, this is the, the podcast has just been a total godsend for that. Just that connection uh-huh. with people that are passionate about what they do. Because that I'm lucky enough to have those interactions in real life on a daily basis, whether I'm working with yeah. teachers or other theatre makers or directors or composers. Um, so for that to stop overnight was really difficult. But yeah, it's been a total lifeline just to make something. Yeah. You know, like it is a total privilege to be able to sit down with the likes of yourself and just get a, an insight into what goes into something that you've made. Because I get that the process is long and difficult as well as joyous and there's those moments of victory and highlights that are lovely but yeah that is it's, it's hard graft yeah I, I'm, I'm fed up of saying this but I, we're all in it together <laughs> nothing oh, else for it nothing else for it <laughs> <laughs> so what what's happening right now for you Ross and finish the right, um I'm in the process of basically just trying to figure out the right stuff to kind of I've got my orders in for spring it's it's one of those things. It's like this kind of balancing act where I kind of want new stuff coming in, but at the same time, it's just like you know, like because I've got shirts that are coming this year, um, trousers as well. But it's just like it's during a lockdown. It's just like how many people want to buy shirts? For the <laughs> night like, in the living room. I'll maybe try and bring out some like dazzle camouflage pajamas for people or something like that. Where it's. <laughs> You know what I mean? Yeah. It's, it's kind of looking at the kind of year and trying to take a guess on how things are going to go. So I've kind of got everything near enough wrapped up for spring, which is kind of a massive selection of kind of new teas. The big kind of success within the brand, probably what I've sold the most of, is our kind of, you know, shipping logo teas. And it's been amazing. Just see, even the actual, from the point of view of the age groups that buy into it, from the point of view of like 18-year-olds up to 80-year-olds, you know, that basically, yeah. um, where it's, everybody can kind of relate to it and some way which is great um so really trying to you know grow that side of things a little bit as well with the t-shirts um and obviously it's like with the likes of spring summer jackets not too many people really invest a lot in a spring summer jacket so not going too heavy in that but then for this winter you know things opening up 
um, you know, people were actually allowed to go out and do things and um, mm. just having a, a large kind of, you know, winter selection where we've got jackets coming, we've got um, knitwear that's made in Scotland as well. So, yeah, just um, growing the brand, really. I think it's uh, after last year, do you know what I mean? After setting up the new website, doing the shop, it's just going to be nice just to actually just be. Do you know what I mean? And actually just function like a normal business, do you know, for the first time um, since since I've launched this brand. Do you know what I mean? You're like, never, mate. It's never actually really properly got had the proper chance to get going, do you know? And that's where it's just like having the shop open, um, the website, and just actually just, you know, being in the shop and actually just talking to people, really. And just that's, that's, that's what we're up to at the moment. That and stock take, which is pretty boring. So, just, just as I said, it's just we're we're trying to um, develop a new line of accessories and stuff like that as well, which are just made up the road in Stewarton. So, and yeah, just just trying to just as I said, just let the dust settle for the first time in yeah. quite a while. So, um, I'm due to have a baby girl on the 14th of March. So, what you just dropped that information? That's exciting! Oh my as god! As if life couldn't be any more. I know. <laughs> Um, wow is yeah. this your first yes that is that is so, so cool oh that's lovely so trying to trying to learn how to be a father and a, and a business owner at the same time so okay uh, just throw it all in the mix so what the thing is it's literally after it was happened last year it's just like yeah we're fine just chucked in the washing machine with everything else <laughs> not the baby like <laughs> <laughs> oh that's so cool well that's nice to hear there's lots to look forward to and yeah things the, the light is at the end of the tunnel for sure like we can see it now yeah I'm just i'm just dead excited to see what you got up to next and, and see you enjoy the thing that you've built over the last kind of like because obviously it was just like you know after christmas and stuff uh it was just like saying i'm being shut down like the website's still been ticking over doing quite well and it's just that kind of feeling of like ah I actually think I might know what I'm doing. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Where it's that the, the imposter syndrome has slightly faded. Where it's been like, well, you'll you know, need to know what your secret is, Ross. Well, <laughs> <laughs> oh, but that's God, the thing. It? Like, it comes up a lot. Like that that theme itself, imposter syndrome, and yeah, you discover that everybody's got it to a certain degree, and there'll be just peaks and troughs of that. Like sometimes you'll be like, I'm on this, got it, and then other times you'll be like, Oh, don't got it, don't have a clue. It's fair. I think. A, a very natural thing. I remember even when I was working in my mum and dad's shop and Finiston was in there and I was selling the product, people would ask me, what's this brand? And I'd be like, I don't know, I don't know. Some Scottish brand, eh? Do you know what I mean? And just walk off. <laughs> don't, no see me. No see me. I'm not here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I the first time I was walking down the street and so saw somebody wearing my jacket. I just about jumped <gasps> in a bush. <laughs> I mean, you are actually going to put a baby out into the world just newsflash like in March but you had before that your first baby Ferris and Clothing you know, it's out in the world it's in people's lives and uh-huh. like almost like the journey of one of your jackets one of your items of clothing like what's going into that like where it's going to reach in the world and like in terms of like the storytelling aspect like I think that's how people obviously are drawn to that link to you know industrial Glasgow because we do like a good story and this has been a great story I've thoroughly enjoyed hearing all about the brand oh, it's been and you yeah, no, it's been great to be on here. Thank you very much. Honestly, You're really enjoyed it. More that. than welcome. You're part of the clan now. That's it. You're yeah. in. Yes. There we go. <laughs> so I'm gonna I'm gonna take you on. If you've listened to the podcast, you might know that I do a thing called the Hingamajigs, which are just random questions. Oh, you look you look nervous. You went, mm-hmm. <laughs> what are you gonna ask me, Lisa? <laughs> These are just random questions that I select from a list to get to know my guest a bit more. So my first question 
is roasted cheese or toasted cheese. What do you call it? Toasted. Roasted See, I call cheese. it. I call it roasted cheese, and it it well, divides the nation. This I've, question. I've been asked this question before, and it's definitely toasted cheese. Yeah, we are. Well, no. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Many people have said that too. Like that's all the nonsense. Right. Um, moving on swiftly, but no one to argue. <laughs> um, what does the world need more of? Just kindness, really. You know, kindness and positivity at this moment in time. I've noticed just people in general just being a lot nicer and kinder. And then I think there's the other aspect of that as well. But I think it's gone either either way, really, where it's just like, I think, just being positive and kind and supportive. And it feels good. Like, you know, from a selfish aspect, like it feels good to be kind and supportive. Exactly. I don't understand why well, well, people want to go out their way just to be a knob. Do you know what I mean? It's, they obviously get some kind of a kick out of it. Like, And I also feel for like people, like sometimes when I see things on the internet, you're like, what are you going through that that was your outlet? That's kind of where I've kind of, you know, got to in my head where it's just like I don't harbour any hate for anybody like that because they probably have got enough hate for themselves. So it's um, namaste. Love it. Yeah, more <laughs> kindness for sure. Love yeah, it. yeah. Finish this sentence. When I was wee, I... When I was wee, I was the bogey boy at school. Do you, know, do you know I have one of those kids at school? I don't know why, because my girlfriend was talking about this last night. It was just like, you know, there was always that kid that just always had a nose full of bogeys. <laughs> Look at me now. Look at me now. No bogeys. I can I, I can confirm. I was the bogey boy. That was I think that was I was just discussing that this morning actually. Yeah. And did you know you were the bogey boy at the time? Nah, it was girls that spoke to me, you know, it was just like, I remember you at primary school, you were the bogey boy. So I was yeah, a kid that just always had a nose full of bogeys. That was me. I love that you've you've, you've admitted to that. Do you remember him though, the boogie boy? I totally was always do. A, was, was always a boogie boy. And like, you were yeah. just like, how are you not aware? Or maybe you are, but you just don't care. But it just like just did, just didn't care probably. Like. I love that you've admitted that is amazing. Yeah, <laughs> I can remember the boogie boy in my school. Yeah, uh, that was me, the boogie boy. That's that's actually the best thing. <laughs> I can't believe that is the first thing that came to my head. This is why we love doing the hangamajigs. Um, <laughs> where's your happy place? Um, I'd probably say it's my living room. You know, just at night. I'm very fortunate. My my girlfriend is quite good at um, interior decorations, and she she's just built a, a lovely flat and home. And you know, like, like the other night, just coming, I went out for a walk and just went came home to watch the rugby. Do you know what I mean? And like put the rugby on. I'm sitting there with a beer. I was just like, I really like it in here. Do you know what I mean? It's just just proper, proper. Yeah, yeah. Just really. That's nice. nice. So I'd say at this moment in time, that's my happy place. At the, well, I'd say there's other places I would rather be than my living room constantly. But it's um, and and yeah, I'd say that's my happy place. Is in my living room, just sitting on my sofa. And the question that I ask everybody is, what is your favourite Scottish word or phrase? I would say pish quite a lot, if I'm being honest. Like, <laughs> don't you think I said that? Well, they're not. No. Here's me sitting talking to you about kindness and positivity, and it's literally just like, what's your favourite Scottish word? Pish. I don't know. I think I just like it when I say it, if you know what I mean. Like, I don't know. Yeah, sorry. You don't need to apologise. You do know, though, I'm, I do do a compilation of the year's favourite Scottish words and phrases, so this is your time to change your mind before you go in the Hall of Fame. I'd rather Bogey Boy made it in the Hall of Fame anyway. Nobody said that either, so uh. you're like a trailblazer. <laughs> uh. <laughs> I love it. Ross, this has been an absolute pleasure. Ah, uh, likewise. 
I hope you enjoyed today's episode of The Braw and the Brave, a podcast about people and their passions. Join us next time for more insight and inspiration from my wonderful guests. Bye for now.